we are, episode 14, 12 rows back. We're back again for another one, another massive week of footy. Uh, before we get into a little shout out to a couple of friends of ours here at 12 rows back, the Rory and Sarah Lynch, the Lynch family. Great to hear uh, their little baby Lincoln born a couple of weeks ago and they brought him home in the car. First thing he heard in the car was our lovely podcast. So what a great way to start life. Uh, shout out to the Lynches there. Seb, how are you going? How did you find the weekend of footy, mate? Uh, two two ripping games, Tom. Uh, both, well, one was in the balance for sort of the majority of the contest. The other was over once Collingwood got off the plane back from Perth. I, yeah, I was going to say um, ripping might be, uh, as in they tore him to shreds, might be more accurate. Yeah, but it did build up a cracking prelim final weekend. Yep. So we've got the top four. It's the first time I think it's happened since Gill introduced his little baby of the bye before. Oh, he doesn't need it more encouragement. Um, but we've now actually got the top four. Um, I think I think if Collingwood limped over that line, it would have just been utter chaos. Yeah. Um, we've got the best four teams. Prelim final weekend. It's the uh, the footy purists weekend of footy. It's all about the footy. Um, and look, I honestly don't know who's going to win. It's they're both like line ball calls. So I'm excited. I'm real excited. Yeah, well, look, I'll be honest, I wish my uh, Saints were there. That was an easy way to get us, uh, give us a mention. But yeah, look, the Tigers obviously on Friday got, got the business done and then, well, I don't know, the Cats, I c I'm still shaking my head at, at the one-sided nature of that game myself, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But you wanted to go the Saints off the top. Did I? Yes. All right, it sounds like you're telling me more than asking me. Uh we, we can talk Saints. I thought um, I thought the Saints played really well and should be really proud um, of the year they've had. People didn't pick you to make the eight. You've made the eight. You've won a final. You've sort of given yourself a little base. Um, Bradley Hill probably not giving you $900,000 worth of output. Uh, so maybe he wasn't... Maybe he's just harshly done by his first year at a new club. Um the best recruit you had was probably Brett Ratton, like the way he's turned your club around. Um, and will you give me um, will you give me the bad kicking's bad football point? Nah, that that's that's probably straight off the top. Bad kicking's bad footy. Uh, Six thirteen in a final that that did sting me. I mean, I, I am like you said, I'm I'm proud of the team, proud of the boys, but I think. It did have a little, you know, if we kick straight, what could have happened about it. I was pretty disappointed to go out that way. I guess, you know, it's just one of those ones you'll never know what would have happened if we did. Um, but it was, and it was set shot kicking. It wasn't sort of your Geelong last week from out wide. These were some set shots out in front that you you just kick during the year. I think I saw a stat that um, when we kick straight, and our, sorry, the percentage when we of winning when we kick straight, and the percentage of winning when we don't kick straight is the biggest gap in the comp. So, if we're not kicking straight, then basically we're not winning, and it really yeah it showed up on the weekend. I mean, I'm a little dirty at, at Richmond. I think you know a few of those incidents are still bugging me. A couple of couple of days later, I think uh, Tom Lynch off the top with a, a cheeky little knee was completely unnecessary and. That got a lot of air time, but I actually had more of an issue with Cochin slinging uh, Zach Jones to the ground when he when he didn't have it. So a couple there, um, just just off the top. This this might be my last uh, chance to sort of have a sook about the Saints. Not that I've done it much, um, but yeah, look a couple, you know, a bit bit rough and ready there. And 
yeah, don't get me started on that ARC decision, which just really solidified where we all think ARC is at this year. So do you think uh, Tom Lynch should have got a week? Uh, yeah, I think he could have got a week, yeah. Okay, let's let's split this up. If you were on the tribunal, you would have given him a week. I think everyone's in agreement on that. Should he have got the week? Uh, well, look, in pure act terms, uh, you know, he, he didn't... It wasn't a whole lot of force, but if you look at what the match review sort of panel considers and it was a intentional, you know, albeit low impact uh, to the head... I think that ends up shoulder, shoulder, ear, you know, in that region, high. If, you know, I'm going back on the old tables they had when it was sort of, you know, you know, negligent, intentional, blah, blah, blah. If you do, you know, it, it sort of ends up in a week, even with the lack of force, you could argue with that. So I, I'd, I'd still give him a week for that one. I think during the yeah, season, I he think... probably gets a week. So I don't know if, you know, Richmond in a final that changes things. I might be conspiracy theorying that one, but it's happened before. Well, I can confirm Richmond in a final are a protected species. Trent Cotchin should have never played that 2017 <laughs> grand final. Don't get me started. Um, they were never going to suspend him for a preliminary final on that. And yeah. it's... Rules for some, rules for others, because I reckon Tom Hawkins would have got suspended for that. Yeah, that, that's probably fair. Yeah, that that's the inconsistency that you shake your head about every week, and now I'm I'm joining you on that wagon. And um, yeah, Koch and just Cochin Cochin shouldn't have got anything for that. It was a high tackle; he didn't need to follow through. But that, that's what a free kick in a fifties for. It's not a week. Yeah, look, that that one's. I mean, it, it was completely unnecessary. Maybe if he. I mean, he sort of swung him into himself almost, so, you know, the impact wasn't great. I mean, like we saw in round one, if Sean Burgoyne didn't get, or round two or whatever it was, if Sean Burgoyne didn't get suspended for that slam tackle on danger, then Cochin, I guess, in comparison to that's probably not going to get it. But it just was, you know, I guess that ugly, unsociable Tigers that's getting a bit of airtime. But I, I just, I don't know, I, I didn't rate it, probably because I was on the receiving end. But, yeah, I don't, I just didn't, rate winning that way and yeah I, I mean it, it was a bit interesting when we're talking about that arc incident the uh, I don't know if you saw uh, our fellow media um, colleague Robbo putting a post out uh, oh, yeah he put a uh, post out about you know whether Vloston was a cheat and then as soon as Vloston bobbed up with a comment it was deleted so I don't know what that's about but I mean yeah Vloston well, you got to... let's talk about that if you watch Vloston it was like he didn't realize it was over the line and he was like no i did touch it he didn't go hey like the old steve silvani in the grand final i touched it i touched it i swear to you i can't believe you didn't call it a yeah it was a bit like a, oh um, yeah i should go this now and he went the touch like he had that's that thinking time and you know yeah, you know for robo to sit there and if you call someone a cheat you want to be able to back it up if they then call you on it and you back right off it's like well, why why have an opinion it was it was unbelievably weak of him. Like it was weak as water, to steal a phrase from my old man. To say, oh, he was was he a cheat? Oh no, I didn't mean anything. I'll delete the poll now. Like yeah, weak as water. Dam damage is done, and he gets out of it and looks tries to dust his hands off it. But look, there was daylight between that and the ball. I, that I was I was sitting on the couch going, if we're going the umpire's call, you know, why are we bothering with this arc stuff? It, it was another one of those incidents. I think. I mean, I told you this weeks ago. Yeah. If 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 we're wasting our time, 
to get that decision, then what's the point? Yeah. Like, if, if, if you can't tell whether that was touched or not, and I'll give the guy the benefit of the doubt. He couldn't tell, right? So let's, let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. To delay the game for five minutes, to stop everything, to watch the ball go back and forth and have the commentators all say, yep, looks like he touched it. Oh, sorry, I can see daylight. I don't think it was a point. Oh, gee, how did they get to that decision? What's the point? Yeah. Like, absolute waste of money, which they don't have. Time, which they're doing everything they can to not have the stoppages and not have the ball-ups. They, and if you follow us on Twitter, I've highlighted this on on Friday night, Dusty just went up and took the ball straight off. I think it was Bolton. Yeah, you can't that, hand it off. It the rule yeah. literally says you cannot hand it off, and he did it, and the AFL celebrated it. And was it just Dusty being Dusty? Oh, look at Dusty. He did something good. Or was it, oh, the ball keeps moving. That's good for us. Like, they're, they're just, they're so hypocritical. There's double, triple standards. Um, the arc was wrong. I like Brett Ratton's response. I thought this was really classy. He just went, we can't change it. Like, that didn't impact the result of the game. We kicked well, we kick six goals, 13, 14, whatever it was. Yeah, um, you could see, I saw that in that, you know, they were fishing for a little headline out of that one, and he, he just, you know, straight batted it as you'd like to see. Like, yeah, he, he was all class in that uh, that press conference there. But um, Would it have been different if, different if you lost by less than a kick? Yeah, I think it probably would have gotten mentioned. I think, yeah, you know, a nice sort of five-goal buffer probably, you know, you, you can say, oh, we just didn't get close. But if, if it's that is the line ball, then I'm pretty sure that's more than a headline from, from Rats. But, yeah, look, I mean, this, this feeds into what uh, we're going to cover back uh, from last week, our footy 101. I mean, when you talk bad kicking is bad football, you also need a lucky bounce here or there. And oh, I was just struggling in that first quarter because we we did get jumped the tigers got out and they whacked it on the on the boot and geez they got a few lucky bounces and they capitalized there and you know they sort of had their three four goal lead already you know you i think uh bolton edwards mac uh mcintosh they all just whacked it on the boot and and it's bounced through so you know you're getting that kind of stuff off the top and we were just chasing tail after that so um that that you make your own luck in footy tom you make your own luck. Yeah, well, fair. I mean, they were get they were getting in the position to get get those opportunities. I guess, particularly, I guess in that first quarter, they were really first in, which which did hurt me to see. I mean, we evened it up after that, and we did have large patches where we had a lot of the ball ourselves, but we just everything felt hard. I think that might have been something to take out of that one. I mean, it was a lot of effort for us to score our goals. I know we only scored six, but we really had to work for their opportunities and then when you've sort of got that up the other end it's just a massive momentum swing when you can just pull off those sort of on the boot flukish sort of goals yeah i thought i thought that was the key in the end um look it's hard to match richmond's pressure and i think the saints probably weren't quite up to that level but there were periods of the game that went both ways, both Richmond's way and St Kilda's way, and Richmond just capitalised on it so much better. I mean, they kicked nine goals, one to half time to three goals, six. Yeah. The, the end result was 20 scoring shots to 19. Like, both sides had their opportunities. If Richmond kicked 8 12, and, you know, the Saints kicked 8, what would that be, 8 11, like. Yeah, diff- different ball game. Different ball game, different last quarter. Um, so I think Richmond were just able to capitalise on it, and that's the experience of having played in yeah. what will now be their fourth straight prelim. Um, well, you know that experience just really 
it kept them composed and were able to work their way through that game without, um, while keeping the Saints at bay. Yeah, I mean that. I'll admit that that's a, a great point because I, I guess I noticed that as well. I mean, we sort of had thirteen blokes playing their second final. You could just you could just tell it was that. I mean, I'm I'm glad we experienced it as a club, but yeah, you could just tell. I guess there was a little bit of that, uh, that just that September or well, October class coming through. Um, but look, we'll get to the Saints for a review uh, later on in the uh, in this podcast, but. Um, I think you'll find that the Pies are probably the story out of the two semis, just as you said off the top, that they just didn't get off the plane from Perth. That that was... it. We They said it in the coverage, but it, it was... Shocking is probably the right word, because we, we haven't really seen a performance like that in a final for a fair while. That's true. Um, I didn't think the Pies were much of a chance doing that road trip, though. It, yeah, so you're, it you're a massive, uh, you know... You, you support this longest road trip in footy having a having an impact. So the the Perth to Brizzy flight, four and a half hours on a plane, plus you lose two hours through the time zone. Like it's not the two hours isn't a big deal, but that even if you just fly up two hours, even an hour to Sydney, you want to get out and stretch your legs once you land. Like four and a half hours on a plane after you've played a game of footy on the Saturday night given it everything you're emotionally and physically exhausted then they would have flown back on the Sunday I reckon it would have taken them until Tuesday to start feeling right and then that's real so yeah half a week Tuesday to Saturday it's four four day break like it, it just it was never going to go well when you throw down the cats at the other end where yeah they've missed opportunities they're stewing on that the, everyone's talking about their terrible finals record and are they going to get bounced and, and I thought it was ludicrous the people thought they were just that the pies were riding with a, with a chance, but I think, and sorry to all my yeah, we, we had some Collingwood listeners um, that were on that wagon. That was a question from last week. We got got a fair answer. Yeah, and that even, even my brother-in-law likes to point it out if I'm a bit harsh on <laughs> Collingwood. But the media loves the story of Collingwood back up against the wall, going well. They're going to come in and win this game. So that just got so much more airtime, and you're just watching it, and I'm going, "Oh, this is nice." Had a little, had a little side investment on that one. <laughs> uh, just really enjoyed that. Um, and look, like I said at the top, we got the best. We got the best four teams in the prelim. Um, so I think, I think the results sort of went the way they should have. If you basically, if you look at ladder position. Yeah, no, look, that that's fair. I mean, it, I, this feels wrong of me to say as a Saints fan, giving the dogs some credit, but it just gives that uh, 20... I know it was different, you know, they didn't go to Brisbane, but in 2016, the dogs going over to Perth and then coming back to the G and playing four finals and coming from seventh, it really puts that one into perspective. When you see a result like that, I was just stunned seeing the Cats just chip it inside 50 at will at that game. I mean, there was... Uh, you know some genuine training drill stuff about it, which which was sad because I guess you know the Pies did have that momentum behind them. It wasn't great to to have to sort of watch them go out like that. I'm sure they're sitting on it as well, not not too happy with it. I mean, some of the bigger names, I don't know whether they'll come out and say it, but you know you're sort of Brundy, uh, Brundy, Pendlebury and Grundy. I've put them together. <laughs> that could be a nice midfield combo. You know, Grundy, I'm not sure what happened there, but he wasn't getting to all the centre bounces that he should have in both games, really. And then Pendles was wearing a warm-up jacket for sort of the first half of that third quarter when, 
you would have had him out there making some sort of statement. So they, yeah, they just weren't cherry ripe, as the great Gary Ayres would say, and it, it really showed. Well, that that third quarter, the game was done by half time. Yeah, they weren't they weren't winning that. Um, and I can tell you, and I'm going to say I know this for a fact. Brody Grundy has struggled in the hub situation. He's a bit of a free spirit, a bit of a uh, out of the box thinker, if you will. Yep. Loves his Harry Potter. I think. Does that make him out of the box? I think that's a compliment to the great man. Anyway, no. Well, if you. Th- there's nothing wrong with it, and I'm certainly impartial to it. But if you think of a big, strong ruckman running in, saying Wingardium Leviosa, <laughs> um, yeah. it doesn't. They don't sort of go yeah, hand no, in that, hand. So fair. I just think he's he's struggled in the hubs, and he's a bit of a free spirit, and likes to just just sort of not float through life, but just sort of go with the flow, sort of thing. And, and being so confined to the hubs, I think he struggled with it. And I've heard a lot of talk about the clubs that have had poor seasons, North, Essendon, GWS. There's been just a lot of infighting and, and trouble, basically, with the hubs. So I think everyone in the media and probably the fans are not realising just how tough it is on the players having to go and hub um, out of state, out of their comfort zone, um, just to give us some footy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. One thing out of that game I do want to uh, point out, though, and, and this bloke just maybe because of the class that's always been in there, but Mitch Duncan really slips under the radar as, as a really well-performed midfielder for a long time. I mean, he, he had no one near him for the whole game uh, on the weekend, and you can see what happens there. He ends up with 30-plus and just was really just... I, I was just watching him there. He was just his own footy on his own time, really. He, he did what he wanted. Um, he, yeah, he falls behind, obviously, Selwood, Dangerfield, uh, Ablett, even Guthrie and Menegola this year, Duncan really, and, and he's really had a solid year. Um, and that, you know, he, he's putting together really good finals. I think he should get the credit he deserves. Um, maybe in, in we should ask uh, our mate over at the Cats just what they think of him in-house because I think it would be extremely high. But, I mean, he, um, I know Selwood's getting on. He could be future captain, I don't know. He does uh, have that about him, which might be a stretch, but I think, you know... Uh, from the outside looking in, he shows a few of those attributes. I think they're getting a bit long in the tooth in that leadership group at the Cats, so he might be an outside-the-box one for the future there. But, yeah, he had a fantastic game. Really, really enjoyed his work in the middle. But I'll tell you whose work in the middle I didn't enjoy, and that was Razor Ray. The umpires have a job, Razor. and one of them is bouncing it. And, look, I might be repeating what's already been said, but, look, Players play within their limitations, or some of them do, some of them don't. Um, Frosty from uh, Melbourne and Hawthorne having a little run across centre-half uh, back. Uh, that's probably outside his limitations, but anyway. Uh, um, Raph Raf Clark. Yeah, exactly. He's another one. Thanks for that. Went for that stroll. <laughs> What's he doing? That's probably one of the only things I remember about that game. But yeah, look, stay within your limitations, Ray. If you can't bounce it, get somebody else to do it, or just throw it up. I think, you know, it's a... It's a you talk about delays in a game. That is a real unnecessary one for me. Is the um, having to recall the ball and bounce it again? You re- he doesn't get a choice in whether he bounces it though. He's, he has to well, he has it. to bounce it. But you know, it, when you recall it, it's a howler. Like it's not one you it's you're not happy with, and you have to just sort of you can let it roll. He's you know these are genuine shocking howlers that are stopping the game, and he has to go again. And I don't know if you've noticed, but bouncing it slightly to one side of 
the center circle just to get that lift. So I don't know. Look, <laughs> I'm no umpire, and I'm not going to tell him how to do his job. But come on, Razor, get get that technique sorted. And uh, it... well, what's the solution? You drop him, or you get rid of the bounce? Well, I, I kind of want to get yeah, rid of the bounce for, for one man. But Why I not? think well, it's not for one man. It, it's it doesn't it doesn't enhance the game at all. We do it because we've done it for years. But there's no reason to keep doing it. Look, that's fair. This might, I might look. I might be putting my neck out here, but I, I think, and I, maybe I'm having it two ways here. I like an opening bounce, maybe to start a game or start a quarter, but after that, throw it up. Because I'm with you. I think you know. I mean, it is something historical, and it is a unique part of our game. But if it's going to slow the momentum, you know, it ruins everyone's vibe at the game and. It's just a frustration for the players, coaches, everyone involved. I think, you know, maybe we do need to just mature and just sort of phase it into that, you know, opening the game or opening a quarter sort of thing. What, what do you reckon? Do you think scrap just it all? Just throw, throw it up. doesn't enhance the game. doesn't add anything. It gives a level of unpredictability. Um, if you want that in your game, get rid of the recalls. Just do what they used to do. If it bounces up, it bounces. Like it, you just go. You play. Um, if you're worried about getting it right all the time, then you throw it up. What's the AFL done? We'll go right in the grey in the middle. <laughs> if we bounce it up and it's close to good enough, we'll leave it. If it's not close to good enough, we'll bring it back and we'll just throw it up. It it, it just makes no sense. Just throw it up, then it goes to the same height every time. It's fair for both teams. No one can have a whinge. Um, and we don't waste our time recalling a bounce. Like, it, it doesn't it doesn't enhance the game. Not one iota. You don't rate like you an have opening all bounce, those, you know... Grand nah. final day, that nah. opening bounce. You'd, you'd be happy to just throw it up and begin and just play. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 What does it change? Do they bounce it in the ammos? Pretty serious. I haven't played for a while. Uh, no, I think you'll find they throw it up. Yep. Yep. Because it's the umpire's job is to make the right decision. Let's give them another job. They've already got to pick the best on ground for an award that's becoming... A mid, not becoming is a midfielder's award now they've got to work out how to throw it a bounce it and then, then they've got to get all the decisions right and if they get one wrong and you slow mow it down and it's wrong we're going to send a death threat oh, sorry is that just Essendon <laughs> no Richmond um, done it too what I'm saying is let's try and give them the environment where they can make the right decisions not worry about all these other little things that are inconsequential and actually irrelevant they don't need to vote for the Brownlow Jeez, let's, this, let's, you've let's had some radical that. ideas. You, you want, you reckon, get get them out of that? Who does the voting then? Yep. So, well, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> well, I would be happy I'll to watch, do it as well. I'll watch every single game. Give you a three, two, one. Um, no, look, get a panel, get members of the media, throw it out to to a wider range a wider range of people so you're not just having the same sort of people have 20 30 people voting on it across each week or something like that similar i guess um, to the mvp over in uh, the states so you know isn't that yeah, that's a yeah, fair spread of like media that. over there i mean they've got a lot more media outlets than we do but yeah they have um about 30 geez, that in, uh, vote 100 yeah. i reckon the nba's got 100 and something yeah um or 80 odd you know if you, 80 or 90 first place votes i feel like it could be 120 but um, you can vote on it like that. I actually like Spud for all these Golden Fist, where it's just three, two, one across the course of the round. Um, makes it a bit more unpredictable in the sense of it's harder to get a vote, so harder to get out ahead. Yeah. And you know, if you're having a consistently good year, but people aren't watching it, um, you know, you may not be getting the votes, and then suddenly it'll probably become a VFL award. 
Um, but I, no, I think I I don't see. Back to my original point, I don't see the point of burdening the umpires with picking that and bouncing it, and then they've got to get these decisions right. They still have the ability to report players, which makes no sense as well. Yeah, I'm why with not you. just that's, let the match review? That's got to go. Well, because. I was going to say the match review officer do it because he's a peanut. He <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that's another thing we could put our hands up for, but I'm with you there. That That's, yeah, that's got to go. So what I'm going to do, send in your, your thoughts on what can be changed to actually improve the game. And I'm not talking what can be improved in terms of rule changes to speed the game up so it's better for advertisers. I'm talking purely from a footy point of view. And I'm going to put together my top 10, which I'll... We'll, we'll, we'll get through the finals and we'll, we'll analyse these. We've got three biggest games of the year coming yep. up. Um, but I'll give you a list of 10 things that the AFL should change. And I'd actually be willing to bet of those 10 things, they will change maybe one, most likely none, because they're rigid, set in their ways and, and have a bunch of peanuts running the show. Yeah, look, I like it. I'll, I'll come with you. I'll, I'll do a 10 as well. We'll, we'll see what we can come up with and we'll, we'll reinvent this comp. Now, last week... You introduced your power rankings and they were pretty much spot on the money. So I'm going to ask you again this week, for our listeners, obviously you'd, you'd think semi-final uh, week done, prelim, there's only four teams left. Can there be that much change? Can you rate teams that haven't played? But I am interested because obviously the Cats and Tigers did play. You had the Tigers ahead of the Cats on the rankings last week. Any change to the four that we've got out in front of us? Nope. No Stick change. with it. Cats so, don't jump the tigers based on what you saw over the weekend. No. Port Adelaide one, Brisbane two, Richmond three, Geelong four. Um, I can't knock the top two teams for not playing, yeah. having knocked off the third and fourth team, so I, I couldn't adjust them. Um, you could say Geelong's performance was much more comprehensive. You could also say Collingwood didn't show up and, and how much faith you have to put into that game. Like, what does it mean thrashing that side who came off an emotional high, a long road trip, um, and what looked to be, and I, I said this at the time, some people rolled their eyes, it looked to be their grand final. Without deliberately doing it, they set out, and they're like, we're going to go, everyone believes we can't win. Stuff them, we're going to come out in Perth, we're going to beat the Eagles, they're calling us the dirty pipe. Like, you know, they just set themselves for that. And it's hard to do it the week after. Um, and I... As good as Geelong were, I can't just bump them up over Richmond for playing what was, you know, almost a, a team. They just had enough. Yeah. And there's nothing... It sounds critical, but it's it's not critical of how they play or what they did or their effort. They were just spent. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't argue with that. So I'm happy to keep the rankings as they are. Obviously... Will this be our last week of the power rankings? Because then it's just a straight comparison, 1v2, who wins in the granny. But I think this might be a segment for next year. I'm, I'm going to just note this one down. But Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got big plans for, for how these power rankings will work next year, which I'll, um, which I'll divulge as we as we creep up through through February in the preseason. Beautiful. Stay tuned for that, listeners. So I didn't put this on the rundown. You wanted to go with it. Best and fairest well, at season's end. You've got something here. You were very happy to pot Essendon for having their best and fairest before the round had finished. Was it just me or did I'm you join in with me? real happy with yourself to go there. Um, when the... Uh, I noticed there was a best and fairest held last night. Correct. The St Kilda Football Club. Now, 
Did they know they were not going to win? Did the, did the administration just have no faith in the players? They just thought they put it on the Sunday. Would they have still run it if you won? Do you think? <laughs> I don't think so, considering that if we're still in it, there's still games to play. Although it wouldn't have mattered because Jack Steele won it by that much. It wouldn't have mattered. But uh, look, I, I did catch some of that. And look, it wasn't a high production event. It was a sort of low-key footy club vibe about it. Uh, you know, you're more sort of... I've been to a few low-key... Uh, Best and Ferris at the at the clubhouse rather than at uh, you know the Sandy Footy Club. That's when they went big or True South. Have, they've had ones there at my beloved Rovers. But um, look, I think it was one that they could have had at any stage. I I, I, well, I mean we did have an extra day over the Bombers if that gets me off the hook for this one. But yeah, I think they they hub life coming to an end. Um, yeah, look, I might have had to do a 180 on this one because we we didn't wait, but. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad Jack Steele's walked away with the Trevor Barker. Um, but yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I I can't I can't give you an answer because I'm not there at the club. But yeah, look, maybe to the Bombers fans out there, I, I did sink the boots in for that one, and we've uh, we've had a go ourselves. So uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, what what is the wait for uh, for your clubs here, the Kangaroos? What are they waiting for themselves? I'm interested why some well, clubs we've... did it quickly and got it done in the hub, and others haven't. I'm you're on the other side of it. Your ruse is still waiting. We, we had a 10-point plan to play in a grand final this year. Um, <laughs> so we booked our BNF in and it didn't go accordingly. Um, but we are a club of our word and we said we were going to be there on this date and that's what we're doing. Yeah, here you go. Well, I know for a fact that the Saints wouldn't have said we're going to make semi-final week uh, and book that one in. But yeah, look, each club to their own. I mean, we'll see at the end of this week if uh, the teams that go out would do the uh, the rush BNF, but I think they all probably were planning to go that one week extra, so we'll see. They won't be able to because on Sunday we have the Brownlow oh, medal. Rightly pointed out, a Sunday Brownlow, that's right. Uh, looking forward to that one. We'll, we'll give you our tips for that one coming up uh, shortly, but... Um, Who's going to win? Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal, you reckon it's a foregone conclusion? Oh, look, there, there might be some surprise packets up there. There always is. There's someone that bolts into the top 10 that we didn't see, but I think he might just walk away your with man, it. Your man, your man, a celebrator, Patrick Dangerfield, I think will win his second Brownlow. Jeez, there's, there's a tip. That's a value tip, that one. Now nah, I'm sticking with Lockie Neal. I think, I mean, he, he's a proven vote-getter. I mean, Paddy Dangerfield is. I'm not going to put you for that one. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he goes. Maybe a few cats well, pinching You votes. probably think he, he spends too much time celebrating with the crowd and the umpires won't like that, so they're going to dock votes. Don't you? That's where you're coming from. Oh, I'd just like him to just involve his teammates, I think was the point I went with a few weeks ago, and I don't know if... Do, do, you, know what he's, do you know what he's done? He's involved his teammates in a prelim by putting them on his back last week. <laughs> he was huge in that first No, time. no, he Killed was. Collingwood. I'll give him that. Joel Selwood, even more massive, given he was playing with one hand. But, no, look, they're looking good, the Cats. Now, I'm interested to get into your question here that we've put up. But if the AFL adopted a pay-per-view model where, uh, which, sorry, where you pay for which teams you want to watch, uh, which teams would, I guess, make the most out of that system? Yeah, well, I just thought it was interesting, given the lost revenue that the comps had this year and, and you know, the money that the comp is spending on the ARC and um, 
All the money they're wasting sending all these people to Queensland just so they can hub out of Victoria. It's ridiculous. Um, you know what I heard? I'm going to just keep going off topic tonight. I think that's my I'm thing. I'm liking it. They're trying to get their pre-game entertainment, right? Yeah. And then they obviously... They, they know what not to do, which is invite Meatloaf back. And I know you went to see him about a week after that show and probably didn't get your money's worth. But <laughs> yeah, he was better than he was in the granny, I'll say that. They could have been much they're trying to get dancers in, you know, dance around the, the main act, but they don't want to pay yeah, them. Yeah, I've heard that one as well. They don't want to pay them. Yeah, we're, we're a professional competition, and you want to get halftime entertainment, and you want it to be as good as the Super Bowl, but you won't pay them to do it. It's madness. Yeah, that is, that is madness. Absolutely. Well, particularly madness. when so, you get your nighttime grand final where that kind of showmanship is warranted, you know, the fireworks and dancers and lighting and all this is your chance at a night grand final so they get to the night grand final and they've gone yeah they've gone skimping on that 100% 100% so to yeah, we, let's 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 talk next year we're going to try and make some revenue alright we've struck a new TV rights deal there are going to be in each state there's going to be one game on free to air which is one of the clubs from that particular state right and i'm just spitballing this idea the rest you have to pay to watch and when i say pay i mean pay per game so you can't just go and get ko or foxtel for 30 bucks a month and get them all that's it's 10 bucks a game let's just say the arbitrary figure which teams or players would you pay like i wouldn't pay to necessarily watch a particular team i'd probably pay to watch my own as most supporters would would you actually pay to watch your own team just as a little uh, aside, the kangaroos at the moment. A week by week. I'll probably start out strong and then... <laughs> nah, I know you would because you're I'd a waver. massive fan. But um, no, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. I mean, yeah, they've struggled, I guess. You know, you remember those years where the, the Blues had all those Friday night light games and they were really struggling and it was, why are they getting this prime slot? Well, if people aren't going to pay to watch them. Maybe it puts them out of that prime time or, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. It's an interesting sort of argument. I guess, you know, would you pay to watch the Anzac Day clash or would you pay to no. watch the one later on Frio Port Adelaide you know that they do sometimes on Anzac Day at night well which teams would you want to watch so based on this year I'd love watching Brisbane and Port Adelaide yeah love watching them the way they move the ball quick movement they're trying to score they're trying to attack um, and for that reason I wouldn't like to watch Richmond because they try and clog it up pressure pressure numbers around the contest and then release um I'd much more be a player variety. So to take it back to yesteryear, I'd pay any amount to watch Wayne Carey again. Yeah. Um, I'd pay money to watch Dane Swan play because he was an out-and-out out freak. Um, Gary Ablett Jr. in his prime. Um, not so much now. He just, just sort of hovers around the forward line, Gary. Just, yeah, he, just, he has moments just of not getting tackled. Not, not the whole game. Um, no, I'd pay to watch Danger. I'd pay to watch Christian Petrarca. I'd pay to watch Nat Fife. Yeah, Fife. We... That's it. Not Buddy? Is he, he going to play again? No, he'll be I, back I, out um... there. They'll nurse him to a thousand goals this one. He's, I reckon that's a that's a done deal. Ooh. He only needs about 50 more. They'll, they'll get him there over a couple of years. 50? I reckon he needs a few more than that, Tom. Um, so I would pay to watch Buddy... Yeah, in his prime. Don't know how much you pay to watch him now, especially on that Sydney team. It's not. 
you know, they're not kicking big goals. Um, the other side of this one, though, is what happens if your team's struggling and no one wants to watch them? So they're compounded because they're not being paid to be watched and they're not making any money because they're no good. So they're, it's really a double whammy. Is there any way to rectify no, that? No, 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 because this, this money will all go into a pool and then be siphoned off. Oh, a little equalisation sort of measure. Yeah, it wouldn't be because everyone pays to watch Collingwood, then we, you know, they, they get their money. Because, I mean, that's, um, that's a worry that you've seen, I guess, in the Premier League. They sell their rights sort of club to club and obviously your massive man use, Liverpool's, Chelsea, Arsenal, they, they make huge bucks on these deals, whereas, you know, I guess to a lesser extent, I mean, they're still making big money, you know, down at the other end of the table. But, um, you know, the, do the rich get richer is all I'm asking in your system. No, 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 no. It, it would purely be equalisation. Um, and it's more... Like, if you're watching them, it's like, geez, they're good. I'd Like, I'd pay to come and watch this bloke. Like, let, let's take it back. Let's pretend we're watching a country league. I'd travel three hours just to watch him play. It's the only way I can watch him, but I'd be happy to drive from here to Bendigo just to watch him play today. Like, that's how I'm looking at it. So, Fife, Danger, and Herso Petrarca. I don't like Dusty, but he's probably one. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but there aren't two. Like, Lance Franklin was one. Now, like, who knows what's going to come out. You'd probably still pay to go and watch him, and especially if that 1,000 goal mark's floating around, you'd be paying to watch that. Um, but it had sought the the men from the boys in the sense of, you know, you can't be putting out a mediocre product. Um, who would, would you who would you pay to go and watch? Well, yeah, look, I'm biased. Um, obviously, I'd pay to watch okay, my own club. But, um, no, I you think... Can't pay, you can't watch the Saints. The Saints are out. <laughs> Right, they've folded. They've gone off to the Southern Peninsula League, playing as the Moorabbin St Kilda Football Club, um, and we've got Fitzroy back. They've come back from Brisbane, so we still got eighteen. Who would you pay to watch? Nah, I like a, a big boy out west. I, I love what Josh Kennedy's done for his club over there. I think he's been fantastic. I, I would go and watch him. And Jack Darling is a one-two punch in the forward line. I think they're fantastic. And is he going to retire, Josh? Kennedy? I got another year. Announced last week, he got another Ooh. year, so I would definitely want to see him now because it's probably going to be his yeah. last. Uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely up thirteen there. games if that. Um, a bloke from Sydney, Isaac Heaney, I think he's worth watching, and Nick Wakeley actually for that matter. They're both of them, but Heaney's done a bit more, so I'd be happy to watch him. Um, to throw you know you a bone, I don't mind Taron Thomas and Jai Simpkin coming through. I think they could be one to keep an eye on. You're you're forking over your hard earned to watch these players are you well you've you've taken a fair whack of the uh, upper echelon there mate maybe yeah, you, can, you can still watch the same players i'm, I'm just i'm no nah, well it's just yeah no look I, I definitely yeah buddy i mentioned him before dusty um a couple of boys out of uh, there's a love hate with him but I, I don't mind watching toby green go about it i was going to say jeremy cameron don't know where he's going to be so that's an interesting one Geelong. but uh we'll, we'll get to that but yeah Geelong. look i'm with you maybe um you know, we can make this a, a segment going forward about, uh, you know, what would you pay to see this week and we can have some sort of right, running total throughout the year and maybe some sort of 12 rows back player award. Moving on through the agenda, mate, I'm interested in your review of the, the unlucky teams that went out. Maybe unlucky is not the right word. The teams that went out uh, this week, we'll, we'll start with the team that came sixth, uh, the Collingwood Magpies. How, how did you see their year? Uh, very good, cruel by injury. Um, did really well to win that final over 
in Perth. Um, I didn't think they could do it. They proved me wrong. Then proved me right by getting rolled. Um, no, no, I think if you look at Trelaw missing so much time, um, who, while well, he's not the best kick, really drives the football through the midfield. Jeremy Howe still not back and completely gone. Um, who else missed through? I had someone yeah, else. Steel Sidebottom played injury. very little football. Oh, yeah. You know, walkie, walkabouts. <laughs> um, oh, that hurts. He's your vice yeah. captain and a, and a uh, sublime user of the pill. Um, so I think overall for where they, they managed to scrape into the eight, but then, look, we sort of joked about it. There were so many teams that could have finished in eighth between them, um, GWS, Melbourne. Uh, well, Saints and Dogs are fighting for it, I guess. Uh, you know, it... Well, the, Saint, the Saints and Dogs made it, Tom. I'm talking about the teams that were fighting and just didn't quite get there. Um, we all thought they were going to make up the numbers, and to their credit, while they were making up the numbers last week, they actually turned it into a positive, and they're going to... Forget they got flogged. They're going to go in with like a real confidence. Like we're missing how missing side bottom, ravaged with injury all year. We need a key forward. If we can get a key forward, who knows? Um, but we went over to Perth and beat West Coast in a final. That's bit like they can build on that. So um, overall for their year with these with those injuries, I've given them a seven out of ten in our ranking system. Yeah, I like it. Seven's the same score I'm giving them. Great points there. I guess, yeah, as you mentioned, with a bit of that firepower missing, I guess you can probably throw Grundy into that mix, who was solid, but not the crazy lofty standards that we held him to. Um, yeah, I guess it, 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 it just sort of, not coughed and spluttered, but they just, it ticked over without being fancy, without really showing any heights. I mean, they had some lows, but that final, I guess, mate, dare I say, maybe papers over a few cracks. Um, not sure they got the year they wanted out of Dugowie, Um and we'll see what happens with him. We've got a few things on the uh, rumour mill about him, but, um, yeah, didn't quite get him firing me. No, they found one in uh, Josh Dacos. He is an absolute ripper. Um, you know, Quainor. Quainor, he, he's good back good there too. Them. I mean, uh, they did well when you sort of consider, you know, in their final, um, you know, yeah, Majden and Majden, Majden, I think I've said that right. Uh, Roughhead, uh, Noble, you know, these are some real, not journeymen, but they're not out and out stars of the competition, but they're, you know, they, they stood up when they needed to. Um, they made, yeah, obviously won a final, so they're well above average, so I'm happy to sit them at a seven. St Kilda, how'd you uh, we're, we're rate still, our still year? Going to Saints. Still going the Saints, everyone. Um, Twelve rows back in the St Kilda members section, we are. Uh, got a lot of Saints fans look, that listen to this podcast. So, what have you got for them? I'm happy to talk Saints with them any time they want. Uh, we're not rating daylight in this segment. Um, no, look, I didn't have the Saints making a final, making the finals. I certainly didn't have them winning one at the start of the year. So, to achieve that. Um, great stepping stone into what could be bigger things to come. Um, a lot of teams get complacent when they get to this point. St Kilda need to make sure they don't. I think Brett Ratton's the man to do it. Um, what do they do with Bradley Hill? High-priced recruit, very high-priced recruit. Didn't give much. Um, everyone's talking about Hanbury and how he's worth all the money based off two great games. Well, if you win a few more games through the year, you don't drop from second to sixth. And you could have that double chance and, and have a bit more momentum. But I would give them a 7.5 out of 10. Back On the back of 
playing finals, winning a final, getting some experience into those kids. Um, Hunter Clark is one you've found who looks like a jet. Um, you've got one of the King boys down there. Didn't kick as many goals as his brother, but still had an outstanding season. Um, I just... Rowan Marshall's an interesting one for me, Tom. Does a lot of great things, but can he hold the lone Ruckman position given Paddy Ryder will be 32 going into next year? Yeah, well, look, it's an interesting one because I guess, um, you know, maybe last year you probably would have had him more as a ruck than a forward this year. Probably the reverse. He was more of a forward than a ruck given we had the luxury of Paddy. I think he, his centre square work is is really good and we didn't really take advantage of it on the weekend. He, he's got a great leap and he can get his hands on it and get it to our mids who then have to do the rest. But I, I worry about him around the ground. I think he just needs to add a little bit of size. If he can add size and not lose too much of the endurance, I think that'll set him in uh, good stead. Um, you know, just with a few of those those old school sort of dinosaur style ruckmen like, um, you know, Mummy and Nank on the weekend, those just plant their feet type ruckmen and they're not going to budge. Uh, he, he's got the athleticism to take on basically every other ruck in the comp. It's just more of that pure strength battle. So if he can add that to his uh, repertoire, then I think he'll... Well, he's, he's tracking as, you know, one of the best handful of rucks in the comp if he can stay on that trajectory yeah look I think he could I just wonder will he stay on the trajectory is he is he that good or is he just flourishing with the help second ruckman um, look he's got the opportunity so there's no reason he can't take it um, not having to go. No, no, it's an interesting one too because... Don't. <laughs> no, Easy. I'm, I'm loving this. No, it's Saints time and it's free. Um, no, I mean, that that is one thing that we're going to see out of him. I guess, you know, he's played well with Paddy, but he's also had excellent games by himself and then not great games by himself. He's just, I guess, once he can sort of get a bit of, I guess, rhythm and just get a feel for how we're going to play that position, I think, and just nail it maybe for a few seasons on end. Um you know, we sort of last year rucked solo, this year rucked with Paddy. We don't know what's his bread and butter, basically. So, yeah, look, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on him. Don't worry about that. Yeah, you keep two fixated. Uh, out of 10. Yeah, look, I, I am wildly biased here. Uh, it was, uh, and for those at home, I'm not going to give the Saints a 10. They were, It wasn't a 10 out of 10 season. I had to talk him out of this. It was, nah, look, I, I've given them a, I've given them nine. <laughs> and I'm biased nine. Uh, to come from 14th, you know, from, from where we've come from, 14th with a new coach with five new players, it could have been anything, you know, I think the hub, as you mentioned before, the clubs that struggled, we benefited amazingly from the hub because it got us time to get our five recruits, well, mainly six recruits, really, because you can include Hanterbury in that one, get them playing together. It was interesting that, yeah, out of the five recruits, Hill was probably the least best out of all of those players. I think we just couldn't find a way to get the best footy out of him all season. Um, and, yeah, like you mentioned, I guess if we could have, maybe we would have won a few of those close ones. I think we won two out of six or three out of six games under a kick. Um, which hurts. I mean, we did have a tough schedule. We sort of played Port in Adelaide. We had Richmond and uh, Collingwood in Mel uh, in Melbourne, Brisbane in Queensland. You know, we, we did win a handful of those games, which was a great sign. Um, you know, our forward line did stand up. I, I enjoyed Tim Embry getting up on a wing. Max King could be anything. He had a he had an almost year. He, all, he, he gets to the right spots. 
he's clean underneath, but he gets the right spots. But he, he probably could have taken a few more grabs and kicked a few more goals. So there's little edges to tidy up there. Um, you know, as we you mentioned before, Hunter Clark, another one, um, Nick Caulfield and Ben Patton out of that 2017 draft class have just slotted in nicely. Um, I'm looking at our top 10 and I'm seeing seven of them haven't played 100 games, four of them haven't played 50, and eight of the 10 are under 25. That That's youth, that's quality youth, so that's a good thing going forward. Um, I mean, not all great. Our midfield depth, I think, could do with some work. You know, you lose sort of Jay Gresham and, and that really hurt us, and then it's sort of, you know, Steele, fantastic. I gave him my most improved. He's all Australian. He's the best and fairest winner, and, and Zach Jones, they were fantastic, and Gresh, but then yeah, so to, we need another, maybe a couple of A-graders would be nice in there. Uh, one thing we can work on is just holding our lead in matches. I'm still shaking my head that we lost to your boys in round one and that we lost to Freo after those massive leads. Um, particularly playing your boys in round one, it would have been nice to get them in round 16. But anyway, um, you know, just that that's just concentration from a young group. So that that's something to work on. Um, I thought our backline incredibly underrated. Um, Callum Wilkie, the accountant, he just keeps on keeping on. He hasn't missed a game in two years, considering he was working an office job two years ago. It's a fantastic achievement. So plenty to like. I'm going to miss talking about the Saints. I'll still probably half find a way to get him in there. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the year. And yeah, maybe maybe a nine's probably overs for whatever listeners are thinking right now. But I'll, I, I'm happy to give him that. I think they had a fantastic year. All right, short and sharp. Uh, can I ask how you think you had a tough schedule? Ooh, it, Everyone's played each other once. They did, but did every team play Port Adelaide in front of fans at Adelaide? Oh, was it tough? So, so it was tough to to win. We did win that game. And then you said you played Richmond in Melbourne. Normally, you play them in Melbourne. So True, but not at that one confused me. But <laughs> not at Marvel. It was it was at Marvel. Yeah. So, but you won that. So, the two of your hard games and your schedule, you won. And you've overcome a tough schedule. Correct. Um, I'm, I'm just confused. You, you, your record against top eight teams was poor, and I think that's what let you down this year. Yeah, look, that, that, that's probably fair. I find eight and a half then, if you, if it'll make you happy. But um... no, you can, you can. Well, I've talked him down from a ten to an eight and a half. <laughs> it seems. Uh, I'll take that. Look. Do not put the cart before the horse. That's no, all I'm yeah, no. you St Kilda fans. And to those that listen, you think I hate the Saints. I don't. But. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, look, that, that is a good point. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. There are lots of positives in that season. And if I said to any Saints fan off the street, if I just grabbed them, said hello, you know, St Kilda are going to win a final, lose in a semi-final while kicking inaccurately, you would have said, yep, sign me up for that for 2020. So I think I think overall good year for the Absolutely. Saints. Absolutely. And going forward, I'm happy to be kept at where sixth. So that's the new standard for us, and I'm happy to measure us against that next year. You can hold me to that. Yep, right there with daylight. <laughs> Now, now, uh, now we get into the rumor mill. This, this is this is what you've been waiting for. You, you got a, you, you gone to your sources over the weekend, and have you, have you got something for us? Oh, look, there's lots of rumors. I heard, um, I had someone come to me and say, oh, yeah, rumors Cyril's coming out of retirement for the Gold Coast, and I said, yeah, I was sitting on a podcast about a month ago. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the real world. Um, he must have been from Adelaide. 
look, there's lots of... Look, it's hard to quantify what's a rumour, what's made up, and what's just a hunch. Um, some, of the, some people have good mail, some don't. Others hear things from certain people that are not the actual person in question, and then it comes out to be wrong, and everyone jumps on them saying, you're making it up. And they're not making it up, they're just their information wasn't quite right. Um, Jeremy Cameron, if he leaves, will be a cap. And that is on the back of Geelong are budgeted to have Tim Kelly. Knowing it, they, they, so what they do, and I don't know this for a fact, I'm just sort of, this is how I do yeah. it and speculate how they do it, is they go, right, Tim Kelly may lead, may not last year, and they go, right, this is, we're going to budget to be able to pay him eight or nine hundred. Um, one, one thing I heard is can't pay anyone there more than Joel Selwood gets. That's, <laughs> you, that's a rule. That's a rule. Joel Selwood cannot, he, he has to be the highest paid player when a... Paddy came over. They made sure Joel was the highest paid, which... That is vanity well, that I would not have expected from Joel, but maybe it came from his manager, oh, but that is... That's, vanity. It could be ego yeah, as well. Ego. Some of the, the, the greats don't want to be known as not... It was know. interesting this, to digress slightly in the uh, post-match with Joel, you know, the commentators going, oh, how good was Paddy? And Joel going, no, nah, no, nah, it's a team game. We're all great tonight. He just he keeps people in check, Joel. No, obviously not himself. No, so... I know Geelong got the rumour for that. So Higgins will get there apparently, Sean Higgins, um, with North paying a fair bit of that wage. Oh. And no, that's that's to North's benefit. Because to pay we, another we player's have... contract at a different club. All right. Let's 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 just throw a scenario All right here, no, let's, let's talk some figures. It. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. I need a little sting for yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's not bad when we're writing that one down. You have to pay, I think it's 92.5% of your salary cap. Yep. Who on our list would you pay? Oh, I was Ben Cunnington springs to mind, but given his injury issues, that, that's not solid money. Um, gold scene's ageing. I mean, do you trust one of your young blokes? I wouldn't be throwing the book around if I'm being honest. Correct. So the way to make up that 92.5% is to pay to send Sean Higgins out to get a draft pick in. We're effectively buying a draft pick. It's genius. Genius. Genius is what it is. Um, so that's why they're, they're keen to just let Pollock walk and, and pay some of that and get a little something back, which I think... I've heard Rich- Richmond with Melbourne the luck. Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. Richmond. Melbourne and Richmond. Melbourne are, Melbourne think they're that prelim team from 2018 <laughs> and they're just... Yeah, oh, we want him. Oh, we'll take him. Yeah, Benny Brown can come in. I can tell you. If Benny Brown goes to Melbourne, he'll look like a shell of himself. Because if you can't hit Ben Brown in the lead, he becomes just an average footballer. And they can't kick. So unless they <laughs> fix that, I wouldn't be paying big money for Ben Brown. That's all I'm saying, these fans. Um, so Geelong will get Sean Higgins. If Jeremy Cameron leaves, it will be to Geelong. He won't go anywhere else. Um, I think he actually wants to stay at the Giants to build something, but... Yeah, whether they can fork uh, out the cash. Can, well, see, he was supposed to get 1.5 this year and copped a 30% hit on that. Yeah, yeah. Not 30% hit on he's a million a year salary, but this was the year he was supposed to make it all up. So, um, yeah, it'll be that that one will be interesting. The Cats have the draft capital sort of go out and do it, but whether, whether he decides he wants to, he, I think he can also see a sinking ship at the Giants. Like, Win- window if, shutting Cameron on the yeah, your hot Josh, seat 
I'm certain Josh Kelly's out of contract because it was two years ago North were trying to give him like literally the farm and he didn't didn't take it. Um, so that that'll be interesting. Um, you told me before we went on air. To Goey, Carlton have knocked back to Goey. Correct. Is that That's true? That's another small so, forward you can put down. So as not let, being let's a let's break it down again. Break We've it down. We've got a team. Before this year, their winning percentage was something like thirty percent over the past four years. Old, smiley, cheery Brendan Bolton got nothing done. <laughs> And then Tommy Papley says he wants to come, but we need that first round pick because we're probably going to get another Silvani or something, you know, real star. So they turned Papley down. Uh, Papley just looks like the best small forward in the game for a lot of this year. Correct. And now the go, he wants to come. Explosive. You know, X Factor. Yeah, game off energetic. his own boot He's all at his these best. great yeah. things, you know. Kudafidi's like at his best. <laughs> oh, I don't know. If, don't know about that. I've seen him with a prelim off his own boot, but yeah. Uh, no, we, we don't want him. Yeah. We don't want him. We don't want players like that at our club. We're just going to go and pay Zach Fisher 900. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know, Carlton. I'm available. <laughs> I am available for list management. and um, I'm, Look, my experience is in real estate, property management, but I can just translate that to players. It's the same thing. The numbers on a spreadsheet. Easy as pie. Yep, yep, I can do it. Um, what else? What else have we heard? Um Essendon are literally having an exodus. Yeah, well, I've got some good... Well, I'd say good mail, dare I say, almost inside the club mail. You can add Devin Smith, Jake Stringer, and even Tip and Woody to the list of players that want out, which is growing by the day. Um, I mean, they're copying it from pillar to post in the media, and, yeah, every, everyone's leaving, but uh, they're three that I think you might find are uh, exploring their options. So, Connor McKenna's retired. Yeah. Saad wants to go to Carlton. Yeah. Danaher wants to go to Brisbane. Basically, just wants to go to anywhere that's not Essendon. Yeah. Stringer wants out. Yeah. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody playing footy elsewhere. Yep. Uh, did you say Dev Smith? Smith? Yep. Zach Merritt. Yeah. He's considering <laughs> he's leaving. True. You could probably add Hooker and Hurley. They're, they're considering their futures. I think, I think they want. I think they want to move on Hooker and Hurley. Yeah. Well, I've got nine right now, sort of... so. <laughs> And these aren't even yeah. peripheral players. This is nine starting eighteen players. Yeah, if you um, I remember Brisbane had that exodus, and we they've all been referred to as the Go Home Five: Pollock, um, Yo, Billy Longer, uh, Billy Longer, was it Patrick Carnesis? Carnesis and uh, Doherty. Throw Doherty into that. Yeah, Doherty. Would you call this the um? <laughs> The get out nine. Yeah, nine. Get I just wanted nine. to get out from the Bombers. I can't believe that that many players just want to up and leave. I've heard, and I said this earlier, the hub situation has just not been great for the teams that have struggled. And look, I know North have struggled through it, but our expectation wasn't great from the outside, whereas Essendon's was. And it was great internally when Woosher declared, no, we should be looking to win a grand final. And that just put pressure on and... In hindsight, that was the wrong thing to do. But at the time, he's just trying to get them up and, and get them moving. So I can't believe that suddenly they just all want out. I think they've just had a rough end of the year. Everyone's piling in. Um, they're just going to leave. They're not going to leave. Let the dust settle. Come back in two weeks. They won't have to talk these players off a ledge. They'll just say, look, it's all gonna, look things are going to change. Ben Rutten's in coach. Coronavirus will have changed by this point. Not by this point, in, in four months. You know, Victoria won't be literally a prison 
You know, things will change. And I can't see all those players leaving Essendon. Although I hear Geordie Degoe is uh, he's just going to jump. He said, well, there's one coming um, in, Bombers fans. And I know you'll enjoy Degoe. Yeah. Uh, imagine a forward line with Degoe and Stringer. They could kick, like, they could kick 10 between Yeah, they could. Or, one week. Yeah. And then give away six free kicks, kick zero goals six the following week. Like that, that That's something I that would pay a, to watch that. I'd pay to watch the week where the house is, the, the fire's burning, <laughs> where everything's burning down. I, no, I love that for Bombers fans. Um, Fremantle will delist Jesse Hogan, I think, and try and chase Ben Brown because they're desperate for a key forward. Delist? Um, they're not going to even bother trading him. They're just... Well, who's going to trade for him? I wouldn't give up a thing. You at the Roos wouldn't wouldn't throw a fourth or a third rounder if the Dockers were willing and and were you know available. You wouldn't take Hogan. No, couldn't pay me. Wow. Uh, what was Ellen Trelaw to Gold Coast because his his uh, his partners signed a contract up there. Yeah, with the with the Nepal side. That that one probably. I don't think he's going to leave, but I think in twelve months that'll get revisited. Yeah, well, look at that. Well, speaking of up in that part of the world, I don't know what's happening, and there's mail swirling. I'm not across all of it but if a couple of dogs might be uh might be considering their options Lockie Hunter's one and maybe even Bailey Smith I, I, I'm just hearing a few little whispers but um yeah that there might be some things happening at the dogs and, and we're not entirely across that one because I think it's being swept under the rug but uh you might you might don't be surprised if their names bob up now are they are they exploring their options or has the club told them to look elsewhere because obviously Lockie Hunter wasn't the model citizen this year was he no it might look I think it's a bit of a see your options and if, if something juicy enough comes along then, then they'll jump I think with that one yeah jeez I could move off Bailey Smith if I was a dog it's a shocker but just we'll just, I'll just keep my uh, I'll keep my feelers out for for how that one develops. But yeah, there, there might be a little something in that. There you go. And well, we've got one from the mailbag now. The at twelve rows back. Uh, well, that's a Twitter feed, and twelve rows back at gmail.com is the mailbag. We've got another one here from twenty four rows back. Again, please feel free to come and join us in the twelfth row. We like our fans with us there. Uh, G'day lads, enjoyed last week's podcast and looking forward to hearing Tom's breakdown of the Saints' loss. Hope you found it alright. That's what I said then. Hope you found it alright. Maybe you cut that. Um, uh, The Saints were always going to be up against it with Ryder out. I thought Marshall's Ruckcraft got exposed against uh, Nank, whose Ruckcraft isn't that great. I know Tom loves him and I enjoy his work around the ground inside 50 over. I can't see him being able to carry the load of a Ruckman by himself anytime soon. What happens if Ryder's body doesn't hold up next year? He'll be 33 at the start of the season next year. The back line was always going to struggle with some key pillars out. Howard unfortunately lowered his colours to Lynch, who could have easily kicked a bag. Uh, that's not a question from 24 rows back. They just jumped on their soapbox, but I appreciate it. We did cover that one before about Marshall, um, and I'll keep an eye on it for you here, 24 rows back. Uh, anyway, back to the question. Any inside word on the following info for the grand final crowd number? What is the Gabba's capacity pre-COVID and with COVID restrictions in place and the corporates? What percentage of tickets are going to be corporate and players? If the AFL is serious about growing the game in Queensland, they need to be opening this one up to the fans, the Lions members first, as they'll be playing, I reckon, and just the general public second. And then third, entertainment. Really keen to hear any info 
you have any chance of Katy Perry belting out a bit of roar to get the Lions boys fired up. Also, I'll take you up on that offer of some free tickets to the G when we are next able to attend footy. I'll grab the beers. Cheers, bloke in the 24th row back. Lot to cover there. Uh, I'll have a crack first, I guess. The entertainment, I think, came out today. and oh, I thought you were going to go Royal Marshall again. I just thought you were going to sing his praises again. Nah, look. Entertainment. Fair, entertainment. fair. No, no. Entertainment. Um, yeah, I think they announced it today. A couple of, I guess, Aussie indie bands, if anything. Oh, no. um, one called DMA, who you the maybe... <laughs> I mean, I consider myself young, but there's younger than me. Our younger listeners, if you do know them, give them a plug for us on our uh, Twitter so we can give their tunes a listen. Don't think there's anything else mainstream on the agenda. Certainly after all the uh, money issues we've had this year, I think Katy Perry might be slightly out of budget. You might hear Raw playing over the loudspeakers, but that's probably as close as you'll get. Um, what was the name of that band you said we're going to play? I'm just going to look them up. Uh, DMA, I think, is what they're called. All right, you're really showing your age. You mean DMAs? Yeah, that. Yep. <laughs> they're um, three-piece rock band formed 2012 in Sydney. Oh, 2012. They're looking outside of their bubble. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. So 24th row. Uh, that's who will be there. In terms of the capacity, I think, Gabba Full can 30. 30. That, that's... The crowd, but without COVID, I think the stadium nudges 38-ish thousand. So yeah. it's basically yeah. full. Um, in terms of the breakdown, I actually haven't haven't seen the stats myself. I mean, this the grand final's famously cushy for the corporates. So, you'd... well, look, think about it from a COVID perspective. The corporates could sit in their own box, isolated. Yeah. So they're going to be full. They're not going to give them out to members unless members can pay. Yeah. That, like it's a money thing. Yeah. It's a money thing. They've they got corporates, corporates, corporates all day. Don't worry about the little people. Us, us North Melbourne, Demons, Saints, Bulldog supporters, we just get shafted. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I mean, we went to the Gabba and we obviously, I didn't see what their corporate facilities were like there, but I'm assuming that they're, I mean, the stadium's got some pretty new digs in there. So. I mean, not brand spanking new, but I think, you know, you'll find that there's plenty of room for there, so they will be looked after. Um, which, yeah, look, that's why the the prelim is the is the game to go to. It, it is the people's week. It's when the fans are able to get out in mass. So, yeah, I think it's a fair point, though, about giving the, the tickets to the youngsters. And I know we talked about, um, you know, that they were sort of giving out freebies to, like, normal games, but I'm not sure that that could be the go. But... I mean, there are always like, they can't give they can't give out freebies. To no, the not to the grand final, but I think you'll Fin the finals they have. I hear. Oh, there you go. But yeah, not not a grand final. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe there's a few competitions that they they they're always running. You know, the, the sponsors oh, win free tickets, so I think that's probably as close as you'll get. But yeah, it is a missed opportunity. I think if they don't embrace the Queensland public, I'm not. I haven't even heard the uh, latest. I guess parades are obviously not the kind of thing you want to be running in They're 2020. Awful. But uh, you know that always builds a momentum. But whether or not they can just keep that front page to themselves, I think you'll find maybe the Lions making it. Obviously, that's going to be huge for the coverage. So I think the AFL might be wishing for that to happen because that'll really capture the Queensland viewers. You reckon the fix is in? I'm not, I'm not. No, I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but I, I think you know if the AFL could choose who was in the game, it'd be probably a Richmond Brisbane Grand Final. 
that'd be the AFL's ideal grand final. Yeah. I probably don't need to take it back to 05. Off the ball or in play, 60 metres away, Barry Hall. Um, <laughs> still we'll, just, we'll let that one go. We'll let that one go. Uh, look, that's it, that's it for the mailbag. Uh, as you mentioned, DM on Twitter or Instagram at 12 rows back or 12 rows back at gmail.com. Happy to answer your questions, give you insight. Um, family friendly show, so. Keep it family friendly. There was one that slipped through the cracks, which is now just gone because it was a slightly inappropriate title, uh, Tom. So keep the questions coming. Now, very quickly, we're going to look at the two games and in terms of who we think is going to win uh, for our underdog tipping, which you are in the lead ever so just slightly, but it's Brisbane a good time me. to be in the lead. Uh, where, where do you want to start? Do you want to review the games? Preview the game, sorry, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, just just look off the top. Uh, the first one, the first prelim, Richmond versus uh, Port Adelaide. I'll be just looking at Richmond's forward line, particularly uh, Tom Lynch, again, keeping an eye on him. I guess with Tomahawk, he, he did get a hold of McKenzie in a way. Obviously, he didn't put it on the scoreboard. So I'm going to be interested to see how McKenzie goes against Lynch, another monster. He's undersized. And I'm also at the other end having a look at Jack Rewald, who was blanketed out of existence on the weekend and hasn't sort of bobbed up in the last couple of uh, finals for Richmond. So whether or not he can uh, have a role. And then obviously I, I like the big blokes and I'm going to have a look at the ruck and how big Nank goes against Lysette and Laddams. The, uh, the one-two punch that I would have loved for the Saints, they're going to get a crack out of Port Adelaide against big Nank and I'm going to be uh, keeping an eye on that one. Seb, what are you looking for this week at Friday night? Uh, it begins with the pressure. If Port can get the same level of pressure they did when they beat Richmond um, through the season, they'll be able to beat them in this game. Um, I think Richmond are just a little bit off their best. If they bring their best, they should win Richmond. Uh, they haven't quite been there this year. And look, I've, I've been I've been on Port for quite a while. I love them. Love the way they play. Charlie Dixon. Yeah, yeah. Um, the I really barometer. hope he can kick a bag. Um, you know, you've got Travis Boak running around. Ollie, I love Ollie Wines. Um, I hope he goes to Dusty and not tags him, but just goes head just to a, head and yeah. just gives him a contest. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. My tip will be Port Adelaide by nine points. Um, just yeah, no, look, I'd be close. I probably um, had power by 11 if I had to jump a figure. So I think, yeah, it's going to be in about that goal and a bit range. Up for grabs, low, late, I would say as well. Most definitely, most definitely. Uh, game number two will be Saturday night, Geelong versus Brisbane at the Gabba. How do you see this unfolding? So, just to be clear, the fix is not in. You don't think that's no, going to be no? That's not something to uh, be running with, unless we see obvious examples. Nah, discount that. Now, nah, look, I'm going to be interested to see how Brisbane goes with just the occasion of it it's all on them it's their home final at the Gabba they've had the week off whether or not they've sat on their heels and the occasions got to them I know you know sort of last year playing those first few finals particularly that first one against the Tigers last year where they overawed they did miss a lot of gettable ones whether that's going to bob their head because the Cats will have their head down they've played in a lot of prelims so they're knowing they're knowledgeable about them um, and I'll be looking at the back line I think Brisbane's, uh, sorry, the backline battle for Geelong uh, against the 
Brisbane forwards because I think they played Richmond incredibly smartly when they met a couple of weeks ago, the Brisbane forwards. They didn't give Richmond spares any room and they were able to just make contests and that really worried the Tigers. They had to actually man up instead of zoning. So that really caught them on the hop. I think that's something where you'll find the Cats probably aren't used to that there. You know, Tom Stewart, Henderson... Um, College Asney Taylor, they love running O'Connor, um, they love running off, they love getting free. Whether the Lions can play them smart and make them defend one on one will be a massive part of this clash. And then this is just a huge midfield battle. This is just going to be one of the great midfield inside the contest and outside, but it's going to be one of the great uh, midfield battles. So I'm keeping an eye on that. What are you what are you looking for this week, Seb, in that one? Uh look, I wanna see I want to see accurate kicking. I want to see the Lions kick a score. And I want to see Geelong go with them. Because both teams have firepower. Um, if Geelong can settle themselves and move the ball, I feel like to sort of chip it and switch it across half back and, and just take the take the sting out of the game, I think they can frustrate Brisbane. And if Brisbane aren't kicking straight, Geelong will get on top. Um, I Actually, something in my head is just telling me Geelong are going to win this game. Um I I worry that Geelong had such an easy kill this week they might go in with a little bit of a false sense of security um, against Brisbane who are going to be well rested but I, look there's just something I, I gave you nightmares telling you this but I can just see danger getting right off kicking three or four Which and is, just willing yeah. them to win this game and and I don't want to see it. I want to see Gary Ablett's last game in the grand final. Yeah, there you go. So, what 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 have you got a margin for this? I'm I'm going to stick with Brisbane. I think they'll get the job done by seven. But uh, you're going the Cats. Cats by nine points. Nine points. There you go. So underdogs. Underdogs. Which underdog are you going to go? Look, I've just hit the Lions, but I've got to jump on the Cats, don't I? I think they're the. <laughs> As an underdog, they're the value bet. So I'll, I'll take the Cats as the uh, first cap off the rank, and that'll leave you with Richmond, I think, in that one. How, how, how close is that? How close are the games? Let me just. It was a dollar ninety a piece in the other game. I just. I'm just going to double check. Uh, where are we? Oh no, that's American football. That won't help. Uh, no, yeah, Richmond are the under. I get, I get Richmond a dollar ninety-five. Oh, there you go. That's all right. I was going to say if they're both a dollar ninety, I'll let you pick. <laughs> you can. I'll take either. Not, no real underdogs. Um, obviously, it's a bit harder for underdogs at this time of the year, given it's the top four. They're close games. Um, it's been a fun little comp. Next week, you just get to pick your winner, and I get the other team. So, if if neither of the underdogs get up, that is, um, whoever gets the chair next week just gets to pick the winner. Just picks it straight out. There you go. Well, yeah. I've got a couple of stats for us to fin- finish off uh, this great podcast, but uh, one I want to give a shout-out to is uh, Travis Varco, who's retired over the weekend. He is the only VFL slash AFL player to kick the opening goal of a grand final for two different clubs. He kicked the first in the 2011 granny and also the 2018 granny, uh, and he's also the player that's played the least amount of games to clock up 100 wins. He played 117 and had 100 wins out of that. So it's a bloody good record ahead of Joel Selwood on 118. 
Want to give a shout-out to my man, Rafa Nadal, who won his 13th French Open over the weekend or last night. Uh, 100 wins at the French Open, and now he's tied with Federer on 20 Grand Slams. He is an all-time great of just world sport, not just tennis. And speaking of greats of world sport, you're wearing a Lakers shirt, which our listeners can't see, but they've got the job done today, and LeBron became the first player to win a finals MVP for three different teams. So... I know you're going to celebrate that one, and I enjoy LeBron winning as well. So there's that. So that's my stat of the week. Well, stats. Of bit the of a uh, bit of all sports yep. about that time. Covering it all. All sports. Covering it all. All right. Well, I think we're going to have to dive into all across the off season. Uh, any final words for your viewers, Tom? Nah, just yeah, the viewers. Uh, enjoy this week, prelim week. It, it's it's a fantastic week of footy. It, it's footy at its best, really. You know, obviously the grand finals on on its own, but there's something about the prelims that I just love. It's the you know the real fans, the real clubs. They get to this point, they're putting themselves in that chance, and I can't wait for those two games.